1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick
0: Cattles. All right. Welcome into the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles without Nick Cattles. uh, But the good (laughs) news is Greg Bedard is here and that's the most important part. Uh, And uh, Greg, we're, we're looking back a little bit uh, in a burn the tape loss to the Denver Broncos Uh, before you burned it, you watched it uh, and learned quite a few things. And it feels like, um, everyone's ire right now seems to be centered on Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, I think so, John. I mean, yeah. that's, that's where I came out. When I, when I watched the film uh, and, and at bostonsportsjournal.com, I wrote a column, you know, my, my weekly breakdown, and I pulled, I think, 10 different plays where Cam's just holding on to the ball, not getting rid of it, uh, guys being open. Um, sometimes they're not, you know, hugely open, but I mean, look, Drew Locke was making throws into tight coverage against a good Patriots secondary and completing some of them. I mean, that third and 21 conversion, uh, was, you know, basically dropped into a telephone booth and Cam Newton just time and time again, just showed an aversion to, you know, not only throwing into the coverage, but just identifying, who was open down right. the field. I think, you know, the most egregious one to me was on the final drive when he took that sack. Uh I'm just trying to look for the play real quick. It was. um, So it was second and 10 at the Denver 24. He sacked for a six yard loss and, and Demir bird is wide open. He's in the left slot. Snap happens. He's wide open. I think the Broncos busted a coverage. Like somebody did not – one of the safeties didn't get the message that they were supposed to pick up Bird. And he's wide open. And I have a, a picture from the end zone where Newton is looking right at Bird But he and he's. I'm telling you, there's not anybody within ten yards of him, and he doesn't throw the ball. I don't see anybody really flashing in front of him. Maybe the tip passes got into his head or something, but that's a throw that has to be made. That's a possible game-winning touchdown right there. And and I got vibes of uh, you know sort of from the Seattle game where he had Julian Edelman open in the end zone he threw too high for Edelman that should have won that game this throw could have won this game and he's just not making the throws and the thing that alarmed me John is that if it was just this one game considering what he's been through he hasn't played in three weeks the team hasn't really practiced they had uh, I think uh, one practice one decent practice and then a walkthrough. if it was just this game then I could say okay it's They need to practice, whatnot. But you combine this with he was having some of these same issues against the Raiders. They ended up winning that game. They could not overcome it in this game. And now I'm starting to get concerned. I mean, do I think it's time to panic? No, but I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. Well, so how much of it is this? Again, you're looking at all of the reasons to stack up. And uh, there are a lot of excuses here where you have practice. And a lot of these are legit. There's no practice time, so that hurts. Uh, He was out himself dealing with an illness that's a a serious issue, even though he himself was not greatly affected, it appears. Um, You don't have the best crop of receivers flashing open Mm -hmm. at all times even though he missed a lot of plays out there and the offensive line was a total mess how much of this was on Newton uh just lack of recognition how much of it was on mechanics I've seen people kind of cite a little bit of all of it here in their film reviews which is okay he didn't recognize this play but he also kind of went back into his weird javelin throw style uh stepping to the side not you know and, and, and shades of old bad Newton that you didn't really want to see start popping up again.
1: Yeah, John, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of all that, and there was certainly uh, an an out to Edelman on third down in the red zone where Newton wasn't, I mean, he wasn't even close. I mean, you know, he was he was closer to uh, uh, basically where the Patriots did to the lighthouse than he was to Edelman um, on that play throwing. And, and he threw, not surprisingly, he threw short and weakly, uh, to Edelman. And it was an incompletion where that right. needs to be a completion, even though there's a free blitzer coming on the outside. He he has to know that he has to step into the throw and make it. And that's, that's part of being a franchise quarterback. Now, you know, how much of the blame do I put on Newton? Uh, if I had a blame pie for this, uh, I would probably put uh, about 60% on yeah. Newton. I would uh, put about, Thirty percent on um, the lack of dangerous weapons d- difference makers around him, and I would put ten percent on the offensive line, which really wasn't that bad considering the amount of flux that they had, uh, even to start the game and then in the game. I thought they were pretty good overall. The pressure rate wasn't ridiculous, even even with the Broncos coming right. on you know blitz after blitz uh, at times, and that's something else that we can get into. Is that you know what's driving me crazy is. Newton's got to pick up the pace. I mean, you know, the Broncos are coming with all out blitzes and he's just going through his normal drop. Like it's no big deal. Like let's go, we're playing football. Let's, let's get the ball out. Let's get moving. Where then you watch the Broncos film and you see drew Locke who's getting the snap and getting rid of it and, and distributing the ball. Yes. He has some, he has some real playmakers to work with on that offense, but there's no reason why the Patriots can't be that way. And the big thing is Nick is, You know, people can say whatever they want about downplaying Newton's influence on this. But the bottom line is they didn't score a touchdown in this game. If they score one touchdown, they get out of here with a victory, which is normally what would have happened if Tom Brady was here. And it didn't happen. And so that has to fall on the quarterback. Sure. So you
0: mentioned it. uh, Denver's coming and coming and coming because part of that reason was they didn't think anybody uh, the Patriots was, was yep. running out there is going to beat them. Uh, so again, we take the conversation over to the weapons, which again is the low hanging fruit that every fan at home sees and says, Harry's a bum. Edelman's hurt. We got to go get Julio, you know, whatever it is. And that's going to happen every time there's a game like this. Now it, I know all the analysis has shown that Newton you know bears responsibility for a lot of what went wrong in that game but that doesn't absolve the weapons quote unquote that the patriots have from also not being special and not being in need of upgrade both things can be true here
1: yeah and that's the thing is like you know people want to downplay that portion of it but like you know talent makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can win the game. It? That's my question yep. is, why does it,
0: why is everyone rushed so quickly to, well, it's not this, it's that. And Harry's good at blocking. That's great. But that's not what people he are is? talking about. <laughs> I mean, whatever. We'll look at him downfield blocking in the run game. Great. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who can make plays. And right now, as you said, the talent makes it easier. So I I, I don't get it. It's, it's not, they're not, doing anything to help to, as you said, to help matters.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing when you're an offensive coordinator and I was just trying to find, okay. Yeah. By the way, if people want to look and see how good Nikhil Harry is at blocking, go watch first and 10 Denver, 45 Oh four. The first quarter, Rex Burkhead has a one yard, one yard gain. Uh, And Nikhil Harry, his job is to block the safety and the snap happens, and he's still on the line of scrimmage, and he's late to get the block. That play could have been a humongous play. There were a couple plays like that. So, anyways, I digress. I mean, yeah. yes, he certainly gives effort, and he's big, and he does do some good blocking, but he also messes up a lot, and there are a lot of mental errors in his game from his route running to his blocking. But, j- yes, it can be both things, and and with the Patriots, it is currently both things. And they, they are – look, John, let's have an honest conversation here about where the Patriots are, okay? Julian Edelman is now an aging, injured slot receiver. I mean, he's still serviceable. He can still get open when he uh, – whether he's going to catch the ball or not, I don't know. its It's not as dependable as it used to be. That's usually an indication that a receiver's leg's going. Once his legs go, then his hands go. Let's okay, Nikhil Harry. And these are from conversations that I've had from people, NFL scouts, people around the team also who have watched all these guys. Nikhil Harry, in a perfect scenario, is more like Mohammed Sanu in Atlanta, where he's a number three receiver. Right. Really, a big slot. Because right now he's playing boundary for the for the Patriots, and that's not helping anything. That's not his game. I think they would be best served by getting some sort of boundary receiver. Julio Jones would be a tremendous, and, and kicking Nikhil Harry inside, giving him some of Edelman snaps. Demir Bird is really a number four receiver, and Izzo, Ryan Izzo, is a number three tight end. So that's where they are, right. and it is a factor. And like you said, the Broncos are no idiots. Vic Fangio, no matter what you think of him as a head coach, he is a damn good defensive coordinator. And with extra time to prepare for the Patriots, what did he see? He saw he saw he saw a running game that needed to be attacked. If they could limit the running game and make Cam Newton throw from the pocket and pressure Cam Newton because they did they knew nobody was going to bust them for a big play uh, in man coverage. So they did all those things knowing they didn't have any fear of the Patriots. If they stopped the running game, they knew the combination of Cam Newton, his accuracy and also the lack of athletic ability among the Patriots receivers, they weren't going to hurt themselves, so they just came after him. Right. And so that's the thing is, if you look at the two things and again, in this particular
0: game you can look at Newton and say, okay, I'm going to put more you you a larger slice of the blame pie on him for this game. But looking ahead, which of these two things is more likely to fix itself? Newton having right. a better game or the receivers all of a sudden being able to do things that they clearly don't look like they're physically capable of doing. I'm gonna put my money on Newton to turn it around, which means' it's, it it's received, an excellent- which means the weapons problem is going to be there. Even if we are so fast to absolve them of responsibility or total blame in this game, I don't see that getting better without bringing in outside help.
1: I I completely agree with you, John. I mean, I, I, th- I think it's an excellent point. And you know, I do think they need they, they are currently deficient. At receiver and tight end. I mean, I don't know how many people can really argue against that. I did a big column this weekend about Nikhil Harry on where he is, and you can certainly make excuses. And you can make excuses about this Patriots team and this week with practice because I do think that's legitimate. Of and, and we can get it we can get into that um, a little bit for why I think it's different than the Titans situation. Right. But the, the the thing that talent gives you is it gives you a chance for a 60, 80-yard touchdown. Derrick Henry, a 94-yard carry that goes for a touchdown where – it's just easy. And you just put up look seven at it. points Even real quick. Even the Cardinals game last night, pa- Christian Kirk, 80
0: yards, Kenyon Drake, again, garbage time. No, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hopkins, 70-yard gain. I mean, those plays are there, you know, and, and you see people popping off everywhere. What's the biggest gain here? You had ha- Sony gets back-to-back 40-yard run- runs one game. It gets caught by seven guys from behind. But you're right. There's no explosive playmakers here. I,
1: I mean, just look at this game. Did you know? So – the Patriots' explosive plays were <clears throat> a 38-yard run by Newton on a scramble, right, and a 22-yard what? pass Julian Edelman to James White. That was their whole sum of plays over uh, over 20 yards. Right. I mean, that's that that Josh McDaniels it, on the final drive of the game is calling for Julian Edelman yeah. to throw twice. Twice just tells you we've had this conversation in the past, and I get criticized for it because I'm the bad guy, but when the Patriots are using a button when, when an offensive coordinator uses a bunch of deceptive plays, that means he's telling you he cannot beat the opponent straight up. Right. And I will give the Broncos credit for their plan. They used the time they knew how to attack the Patriots. They knew that cam Newton uh, after, you know, he had two, three weeks in the Patriots offense, then it regressed. He had lost some of the checks and audibles at the line. Whatever the Patriots called, they were locked into at the line. The Broncos knew what was going on. They're fast in the secondary. They have Bradley Chubb up front. Like, they they were a lot more dangerous than we thought. And the Patriots were, considering their predicament, as far as practice, they were the perfect sitting prey. And that's exactly the way it worked out.
0: Yeah, and and again, uh, you know, we talked about this prior to the podcast. This was Denver made use of this time. The Patriots, obviously... couldn't uh, Couldn't. and and that and that factored a lot into what Denver was able to do who again it's again you're used Patriots fans are used to the Patriots being able to have their way to to be able to handle teams like Denver at home without any sort of uh, problem so a loss like this is so stunning that immediately you look to point fingers but you don't think the Broncos we might have slept on these guys a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I was uh, I was very surprised. Now, it, it's hard for me to tell because the Patriots were so weak on the defensive line coming into this game. Right. Without Byron Cowart, they didn't activate Carl Davis. They decided to take an approach where we're going to try uh, to to spread out the Broncos up front in their running game, and we're going to attack from the second level and try to – they were more of a one-gap defense in this game instead of the traditional two-gap because they knew, they knew they did not have the personnel – to hold up uh, two gapping inside. I mean, it was basically – I mean, when you open the game with Adam Butler, a situational pass rusher on the nose, nose, and Chase Winovich playing five technique as a 3-4 defensive end, you have issues. Like, Dietrich Wise isn't good enough, or at least last year wasn't good enough to play defensive end in that circumstance. Chase Winovich was just getting tossed all over the place, and that's part of the reason why he only played about 20 snaps in this game is because they took that approach – and they, they when they went to certain formations, those outside edge guys would get kicked inside. And that would mean Winovich was inside. So they opted for more, you know, Shalique Calhoun and and John Simon, which I don't blame them for. But the Broncos, I, I can't tell if they're run blocking and they're, they're often normally their offensive line is not good. But it was really good on Sunday. Now, I don't know if that tells you where the Patriots are up front. I think that's more what it's about. Right. But. They did a good job. Locke made a lot of throws against pressure. Uh, they did a decent job catching the ball. They did le- they left some plays on the field, guys' uh, passes going through their hands. But I was very impressed with their defense, which they don't even have Von Miller. But they were very fast in the secondary, and that's one thing. Two things that stood out watching, comparing the Patriots and the Broncos in this game, John, was the team speed of the Broncos, uh, second level on the defense and on the outside – uh, and their tight ends uh, for, for their offense. And then also the tempo at which the Broncos played on offense. Like they knew what they were doing. They had a plan. They knew what they, how they were going to execute and what they were going to get from the defense, where the Patriots every time it was, let's break the huddle. Let's look around. What are we going to do? Cam's going to point to somebody and not really do anything. And then we're <laughs> going to snap the ball and get pressured. And then Cam's, Cam's going to go through his steps like there's no defense on the field, like they're playing seven on seven. That's right. what it looked like. And that's just not good enough. And I do think the practice thing is, is a viable excuse, but certainly they still still should have won this game. That's sure. the bottom line. Yes, it's an excuse for how they played. It's not an excuse for losing this game. So yeah, again,
0: you mentioned the practice time. Yeah. Bill didn't have himself the best game either, uh, but yep. were, you surprised have, were you surprised he made no of the practice uh, being an issue. Normally he just, we got to play better and move on. But it was interesting that he brought it up uh, as a, you know, this is going on and yeah. maybe that's more directed at the league. Like you're putting us in an impossible position here. And and his opposition really is less making an excuse. And it's more of a shot across the bow, but I was surprised to hear him uh, so openly give what could be deemed an excuse, which Bill doesn't really make excuses.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, John. And and I think that um, – I think a couple things. I do, I think, yes, it was a shot at the league. I think that um, – I think that Bill, after seeing what happened this weekend, even though he continued it into this week, that's what I'm puzzled about. Um, he has continued to talk about it. Um, it needs to be over with. And, and I, I do think – and I also think it tells you that he believes – it really did impact them. And I believe that it did. And now Not people will this, say, well, look- I think it's
0: the KC trickle down here too, is this goes back to, we should have never yep. played that freaking game against the chiefs and everything since then has been a domino effect. That's really yep. disrupted all of it, which is you lose a game because you don't have cam Newton and you could have possibly won it in other people get sick. You miss a practice, you get delayed and then you miss a whole other week. And you're basically idle for two weeks. You've lost your bye week that 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 set a series of events in, in 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 you know into effect here that really messed with
1: the yeah, entire. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I think it's valid. I mean, that yeah. was my point at the time. I was upset with the league. Like, just postpone the game. Yeah. Like, you know, don't put the and it's just, it has had a cascading effect. But you know, as far as the practice thing, I know people will say, "Well, look at the Tennessee Titans. They were in a similar circumstance, and they went out and beat the doors off of the the Bills yeah. when they got back." it's valid up to a point, but the thing is what you have to understand is, well, first of all, the Titans had two real practices and a walkthrough. So they had an additional one. One of the Patriots, remember Belichick chose not to practice on Wednesday leading up to that. They decided in, and the, the, the shut down Friday. Right. Yeah. And, and the media made it out like, Oh, well, Bill's being smart. They're just – they want to take their time coming back. They don't want to get anybody hurt, you know, whatever. But really, he decided not to practice on Wednesday. That cost them because, yes, they got shut down again on Friday or they shut themselves down on Friday. But with the Titans, what people have to understand is they're dealing with an offensive coordinator, a receiver, an entire offense that has been together. Like they – they're running the same scheme that they did last year. Like they know where they're going to be. They have repped it last year, training camp, all this stuff. You're have a you talking about a Patriots offense that doesn't even – has no clue what they do well at this point. I mean, the Titans, you know, all right, well, we're going to run Derrick Henry. We're going to run play action, and we're going to do that. We, we have Jono Smith. We have A.J. Brown. We know what we have. The Patriots have no clue – what they have on offense. What, you know, they have a Sony Michelle's out. Damian Harris is in. What can Demir Bird do? What can Nikhil Harry do? What What is Cam Newton capable of? Ryan Tannehill can audible. Cam Newton can't. Like, it is really apples and oranges uh, in terms of comparing the, the two situations. And so it's, again... It's not an excuse to lose that game. It's an excuse to play like crap, which they did. Not an excuse to lose.
0: Uh, you, you had issue with a couple other things with Bill in game. I know a lot of pub over the, uh, you know, the the, the challenge. Uh, not that you know, not thrown there on the on the James White play, which probably should have been. But um, as far as Bill, uh, you had a couple other things where you're like, eh, maybe you know, he could have he could have done better.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought the spot. I thought. You know, I mean, that's why you have people up in the booth, and he can, he could be a big baby in the post game press conference, all he wants, and say like, uh, it must be nice to have a ton of replays, and uh, you know, but what you do, and we, you know, and we do, but so do they. So do mean, they. That's, that's what I mean is they do. They have it. Yeah. That's this is somebody's job. They have more than we do, <laughs> right. uh, as far as I know. And then, you know, I thought that uh, to me, the decision to decline the illegal use of the hands, uh, call with Denver with about, uh, 42 seconds left in the third quarter. Uh, the Broncos were leading 15 to three at that point. If they accept the penalty, it's third and 14 at the new England 46. They're now definitely at a field goal range. Nice. You know, look, uh, 54 yards is a, t- is a, is a tough field goal, but McManus is pretty good. And, I'm sorry, but you have a lot. We've been over before. How many? How much money they have invested on that defense and that secondary? Um, you know, if I'm if I'm Bill and and I'm putting my trust and I'm building my team on that defense, I'm putting them out on the field and say, "Go do your job." Right. And and if they're and if he's not comfortable doing that, then we have a problem. But you know that that costs them three points there. Where if if they force the Broncos to punt in that situation, all of a sudden the Patriots are, are driving for a game tying uh, a game tying field goal and putting it into overtime instead of needing a touchdown at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so a couple,
0: if I guess you'd mention the defense there, at least worth mentioning John Jones, terrific game, uh, Stefan Gilmore coming off of no practice and COVID minus a penalty also played a solid game. Any other reasonable marks being given out for this game, uh, you know, which was mostly negative?
1: So, yeah, I mean, my, my three up from the game were Jonathan Jones. I thought uh, Illuminor before he left with an injury yeah. was having a nice game. And I thought, look, Yelda Froholt, uh, a guy we have been talking about uh, from training camp where he seemed to pop and play really well but then all of a sudden they got to the season and you know you saw David Andrews go down you saw uh James Ferentz uh be put on the covid list you saw Shaq, Shaq Mason go down like and they yelled a frohold just couldn't get on the field you were like what is the deal with this right. guy like it, it, i he looked better like why aren't they putting him out on the field like this is why you had him in training camp i mean right. Ferentz Ferris was not in training camp they brought him off the street Froholt, they put him out there, and he was great in this game. Like, I didn't even notice him even being on the field, which is about the highest uh, compliment you can pay an offensive lineman. Uh, I thought J.C. Jackson was really good in this game. I thought Bentley was a bit hit and miss. I think a lot of his production was uh, design. Uh, I thought Damian Harris got some good tough yards. Uh, James White did a nice job. Uh, Tooney did a nice job outside of the fumbled snap. Right. And – yeah, I think that's it on the plus side. On the negative side, I thought, you know, I thought Cam Newton really struggled in this game. He did have some plays. It wasn't uh, a total loss in this game, but just, you know, I had him taking three of the sacks. He had the two interceptions. Really slow with his decision making. Isaiah Wynn struggled. He had a tough I time. personally from watching him the past couple of years, I'm chalking that up to injury because he does not play like that and the only reason he's not at left tackle to start the game to me is because they didn't want to put him in space against Bradley Chubb with his uh, ankle or calf, whatever he has. And so they kicked him inside. Uh, he had a rough one, Jason McCordy, Again, I don't understand why he's starting these games over JC Jackson. Yeah. He, he factored into two plays, the 41 yarder on the first drive, the third and 21, which is basically yep. his fault for not getting over there and not being split wide enough to start the play. Those two plays accounted for 40% of drew locks yards in this game. And he didn't have a lot of them. Right. Yeah. And so he had a rough one and um, you know, other than that, it was sort of hit and miss. I mean, Ryan Izzo, I thought really took a step forward with, he had a big third down catch and then he caught another third down catch over the middle. And you're like, all right, they got something going at tight end. And then he gets strip sacked like out of nowhere. And so, It was rough. I did want Nikhil Harry, rough day route running. Uh, I did think that the tipped interception, yes, it was tipped. But I thought that he came out of his break weakly and slow. And also he faded his route, which allowed the cornerback to to bump him and and undercut the route. And so those are the type of things that he needs to work on. All
0: right, I'm going to ask outright, because we talked about weapons. What is Nikhil Harry good at? What's he do at
1: a plus level? Uh, I, th- I think <laughs> uh, he catches the ball off frame pretty well. He bodies. Back shoulder throw probably would be his bread and butter, even though he doesn't really do that with Cam Newton. <laughs> so that's okay. about it. I'm stretching for that.
0: That's about it. All right. Uh, We're going to get into a little bit more. We want to switch over quickly Uh, before we put a bow on it. We want to do the uh, Boston sports uh, journal.com member question of the day. So check us out over at BSJ for 11 cents a day on the annual plan. Not only do you get top-notch analysis of all Boston pro sports, but if you're a Patriots junkie and listening to this podcast, you are, uh, then a membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Greg here does on the coaches film, direct access to him in weekly chats. So by all means, if you haven't already subscribed or you don't subscribe, please go do so right now. Um, the question of the day, uh, is this right? Pat's jam. That's Pat's jam. Yep. Pat's jam. PJ, Bring in the quest- he's a big member During in Pat's jam with the question um, with the member question of the day, uh, Greg, what are you seeing from Asi Asi? And we can probably answer that right now, which is nothing. He's doing nothing at all. Um, he, is he just blocking or going out for routes? How do the routes, routes look? Is he ever open? I don't expect a lot, but he has zero targets. It's weird. Even Denver was finding their unknown rookie tight end open on a few big plays. And I think, Greg, just to expand on it, not only – it's stunning to not have one target – in his action. But the follow up here is everyone, you know, if there's a, if, if Pat's jam could ask a follow up question, I'm sure he'd ask, when the f- is Dalton Keane going to suit up for one of these games too? But so, <laughs> I'll ask it for him. But again, you, a team devoid of weapons or low on weapons drafts a couple of tight ends and people get excited. We're talking about Gronk and Hernandez and di- did this date di- and not really, but I, okay. Something else to add to the mix. Maybe they'll go back to that type of offense that had the two dynamic tight ends and to get zero five games into the year is just hard to, hard to stomach for a lot of people. Including yeah. Pat and I,
1: and I thought, um I thought this was, <laughs> If this game didn't give the Patriots coaches and Belichick a, a reckoning, I don't know what is. When Okubunum, uh, whatever his name right. is, A.O., I'll call him, uh, who was drafted around after the Patriots' tight ends, was inactive for the first four games. Just
0: walks suddenly out Suddenly so active.
1: Yeah. He's like – it's like a Madden football game. They're throwing <laughs> to him all over the place, Everywhere. in the red zone, in the end zone. Like, all over the – he's making, you know, big plays and, and, and all sorts of targets and – and, you know, they bring him off, off of mothballs and, and he's out there making plays yeah. and the Patriots can't even defend him. And the Patriots can't even get their tight ends one target. Um, so, you know, where we're at with Asiasi, number one, uh, is he just blocking? Pretty much. He will leak out on a pass. Occasionally he will run a pass route. But I'm telling you, there, are, there had to have been about a dozen examples so far this year where Devin Asiasi is wide open. I mean, nobody even within 10 yards of him. And they won't throw him the ball. And uh, so there's that. So he is open. Uh, I will tell you from talking to people, multiple people around the team, because when this happens, we obviously start calling people uh, around the Patriots to find out what's going on. What I have been told with both tight ends is that pretty much since the media portion of training camp ended, Uh, They both of them have had a really tough time catching the ball in practice. There is not very much confidence in them. Uh, I think that also uh, one thing that you run into with rookies and keen was always going to be a strange fit an H back type of guy. Ossie Ossie certainly more of a traditional tight end and he can block and I'll give the kid that he does a nice job there. But when you deal with, with, uh, with tight ends, when you deal with young players you're talking about they're going to encounter adversity at some point in time. And it's just, you you don't know how they're going to react. I mean, you try to project them, how they're going to do that. When you draft them, they're going to say, Oh, well, this kid's mentally tough, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure they had those thoughts and I'm sure Devin Asiasi is going to go on and have a fine NFL career. But right now he is struggling with his confidence. Uh, You talk to some NFL scouts who looked into him and I, and I've texted a few and they say, I'm not surprised. When things got tough at Michigan, the kid just gave up and transferred to UCLA where anybody can play and anything goes. You know, he couldn't play for Harbaugh, but he can go and play for Chip Kelly at UCLA. They're like, that's all you need to know. Now, do I think that's completely fair? No but I think it's it's certainly part of the the discussion and it's look it's going to be on Devin Asiasi to change the narrative around here because if he doesn't get with it if he doesn't prove himself on the football uh the practice field by catching the ball and maybe now that the Patriots will actually have practice maybe he will do that it's got to start there and then it can go to the games you're not just skipping steps in the NFL not with the Patriots the Patriots will not trust a rookie until they know they can trust that rookie that's why you don't see Kyle Duggar doing much, Anthony Jennings, Josh Uche, all these guys. The only one they trust is Owenu because he earned it. He had a good camp. He got a chance in the game. He kicked ass. So he's out there. So that's what these other guys have to do. So.